Well, good morning. My name is Roy, and I'm the lead pastor here at Arthur Pentecostal Assembly. We're glad today that you've joined us as we, as we worship together, as we dig into God's Word together. Uh, we know that you're at home right now, and we're, we're praying for you, and we're praying through your situation. Well, today we have, this, we have a message. It's not part of any of our series. We just finished a series. We're going to be starting a new series next week called All In, where, by the way, it'll be communion. So I'll give you a week's notice now to prepare any communion uh, materials that you're going to need, the elements. But today's message is called Remain. Think about back to some of your earliest childhood memories. For some of you, that was a long time ago. You're going to have to dig, especially if you're going back to like grade one or grade two, you're going to have to dig into the memory banks there to find that, that, that memory. What were some of the things that you fondly remember? For me, there were, there were many. There were many. I loved my, my, my childhood school time. I think many of us, we loved recess. I mean, how could you not? The, the, the chance to go out and play with your friends, whether it be tag or whether it be baseball or, or whatever it was. One of the things, the games I loved to play was this game where we took our hockey cards and you would go against someone else and you would both throw your hockey card against the wall. And the person who got closest to the wall without touching won the other person's hockey card. So you kind of built up your stack or sometimes you lost some of your cards. And... It was, it was fun. Like I, like, I lived for it. But I was recently looking up the value of some of those sports cards, those old cards. And I know I have, I still actually have some of those cards with me. The problem is they're worth thousands of dollars if they're in perfect shape. That means that there's no creases. That means that the corners aren't rounded. And let me say this. It's hard to keep a card in perfect shape when you're flicking it against the wall. So tossing cardboard against the wall at recess time may have cost me a small fortune, but I still have the memories. But inside the classroom, I loved gym time. That was my favorite. I loved gym time. I loved library time. Uh, I, loved, I loved story time. I loved in grade one and two when the teacher would bring out a book and would read to the entire class out loud a story. And I, I, the whole class would just kind of be engrossed and we were just, we, we wanted to hear more and we couldn't wait till tomorrow when we continued with the next chapter to find out what was going on. Depending on how old you are, maybe some of the books that you read when you were in grade one or two or three or four, maybe it was stuff like Robert Munch. Maybe it was 50, uh, 50 Below Zero or The Paper Bag Princess. Maybe it was books like uh, Judy Bloom. Our teacher read these all the time, like Super Fudge or Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing or Beverly Cleary with Ramona Quimby or The Mouse and the Motorcycle. But one author that we were introduced back in that time was somebody who was a little different than everyone else. His name was Shel Silverstein. And he wrote these poems and short stories for kids. And maybe you read where the sidewalk ends. Well, it, it, it's this collection of neat poems. But one of Shel Silverstein's stories that I still remember today is it was called The Giving Tree. And the basic narrative is this. It's about this kid and a tree. And this kid who, who loves this big old tree. And they form this relationship where they rely on each other. Because the boy loved to climb that tree and swing on the branches and eat the apples off of it. And the tree loved the boy doing it because it felt like it was fulfilling its purpose. But over time, the boy grows up and he goes off and this relationship with the tree becomes distant. 
But the boy every once in a while would go back to the tree and he would, he'd be unsatisfied with his life and he'd complain and the tree would give him what he needed in that moment. One time he comes back as a young man and he has, he has no money and the tree says, here, take all the apples that I have and sell them and then you'll have money. And he disappears for a while and then he comes back and he's a little bit older and he complains to the tree that he really wants to start a family and build a house, but he can't and he doesn't have the means to. And so the tree says, cut down my limbs and use the wood to build your house. And so he does. Well, years go by and he comes back and he's an older man at this point and life still isn't going the way he thought it would. And he tells the tree, he wishes he could just build a boat. And sail away from here. And so the tree says, cut down my trunk and use it to carve out a boat. And so he does. Well, at the end of his life, this boy who's now an old, old man comes back. And he comes to the tree that's just a stump now. And he visits the tree and he tells the tree that he complains about the things. And the tree says, I don't have apples to give you because I don't have any anymore. And I don't have my limbs for you to swing on because they're gone. And you can't climb me anymore because my, my trunk is gone. But what I do have is this stump. Just sit, spend time with me and rest. And it came to me the other day, what a great metaphor this is for our spiritual journey. Because for many of us, we came into a relationship with Jesus red hot. Maybe it was when you were a child in a Sunday school room, or maybe it was at youth camp. For some of you, it was maybe in this building right here in a service. And for some of you, maybe it was just the presence of God came over you while you were watching just like you are right now through, on TV or through the computer. And at that time that you just chose to give your life to Jesus, you, just, you had this high where everything just seemed to make sense. Everything... The future just seemed to have so much hope. And every worship song that you heard, just like you could relate to the, the lyrics of the song and every verse popped off the page of your Bible. But eventually, you got older and maybe you moved or maybe you went off to college and you got married and, and, and there were different seasons that came and went. And maybe your relationship, and you maybe you still find this now, that your relationship sometimes is hot with when it comes to to God, and sometimes it goes colder. And then we go back to God when we need something. Just like that boy with the tree. And he gives us what we need in the moment. And then every time we go away from the tree, we find that we are not satisfied. Every time we go away outside of God's presence, we find it doesn't fulfill us the way we thought it would. And so we head back to the giving tree because that's where we found peace throughout our lives. And he just says, listen, just lean on me. Just come and rest in me. That's what you need. See, in the middle of our current season, what is it you're doing that keeps you going? A year ago when we first heard, do you remember this? When we first heard uh, this, this, this term COVID-19, this virus, if you were like me, I figured give it a couple months. It'll be gone. It'll be history. Everything will go back to normal in that. Well, a couple months became six months, and six months became a year, and, and here we are. And if you're truly honest, perhaps you've had some tough times. Maybe, it's, maybe, you, had, maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've You've had some tough times emotionally, spiritually, mentally. 
Perhaps you've had some days where the depression sinks in. Perhaps just out of just pure frustration, you've lashed out at somebody and you thought, where did that come from? What's going on inside of me? Maybe the disruption for you is, is not being able to go to church every Sunday. Maybe this is the first time in your life you've not been able to go to church every Sunday. And as a result, it's broke your routine. And, and you've, you've, because of your broken routine, you found yourself in a spot spiritually that, where you're kind of colder than you've been. What are you going to do to keep going? I mean, this simple child's story points us to the answer, but even bigger than the kid's story, I want to look at some passages of Scripture where Jesus speaks directly into the situation. And while it's not likely something you haven't heard before, it's so life-giving. It's found in John chapter 15. John, being one of Jesus' disciples, documents what Jesus said and what he did the days before he heads to the cross. He's sort of offloading his last comments and instructions to his disciples. And he says, here's what I want you to do. In order to be able to sustain the days ahead, all the days of your life, this is what you're going to need to do. And he says this in, in 15, John chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more You've already, been given, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me. We're going to come back to that. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me... You can do nothing. See, the key, the key word in that passage is this word remain. The Greek word for this word remain means to hold on to, for, like hold on for life to. And it's, imagine this. Imagine you're falling over the edge of a cliff, and as you're falling, you grab onto something, and you, grab a, you kind of grab this branch that's sticking out of the side of the, the mountain, and, and you're holding on for dear life. You're just like, you're grasping it as hard as you can, because if you don't, you will be, you'll, 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 you'll perish. It's the same concept. Jesus says, remain in me. Hold on to me like your life depends on it. And so Jesus makes this statement that is a promise, but there's a little bit of responsibility on our end. It says, if you will remain in me, he will remain in you. And if you do, you will produce fruit. See, we live in this culture that's sort of a fast food culture. We want things now. We want to go through the drive-thru. We want, we want our meal ready in three minutes. And if it's not, we're wondering, what's going on back there? I think farmers understand this concept of, of patience. That in order to produce a crop or produce fruit, it requires time. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't rush the process. Your walk with God is familiar. You can't rush it. It's a process. God develops you through this long process. To remain is to have strength to do the hard parts. See, in order to produce fruit, you need to trust the process. Let me say that again. In order to produce fruit, you're going to have to trust the process. You need to come through the winter. Because maybe you've lost your job and God is calling you in this time to remain in him, not panic. 
Maybe you're going through a tough season in your marriage. God is calling you to remain in him. Maybe this season has been tough on your emotions. The challenge right now is to cling to this promise that Jesus makes. If you will remain in me, I will remain in you. And as you do and as he does, we will see fruit in our lives. See, if you're ultra aware during this time, God's doing something in you. God's doing something in you. He's building your resistance. He's developing your perseverance. If you will hold on to God for dear life, when you come out the other side, you will be made stronger and you will produce fruit. Here's another question for you to kind of wrestle with. What is your worldview? When you go through a season like we're going through right now, what you surround yourself with will determine how you respond. See, back during the Holocaust, there was this man named Kurt Gödel. He was a doctor in mathematics and logistics. One of the more brilliant minds our world has ever seen. He lived in Vienna at this time where the Nazi empire was invading his hometown. Well, Kurt, or Dr. Gödel, he got word that the Nazis had assassinated his best friend, a fellow scientist. Now, naturally, Gödel believed that he might actually be the next person on their list. And he began to believe that the way they were going to do it was they were going to poison him. So he figured that in order to do that, they were going to do it through his food or his water. And so he would only drink food or water if his wife Adele was the one who prepared it for him. That was the only way he would eat or drink. Well, his wife got sick and was hospitalized for six months. And during that time, she was not there and available to prepare his food for him. And Gadel at that point became so paranoid, so afraid, he stopped eating and drinking. See, we know that you need to eat and drink to sustain yourself. You can't go that long without food or water. Gadel shrunk down to 65 pounds, and eventually he died from starvation, from his paranoia and his fear. His worldview constantly caused him to believe the lie that he was next to be assassinated. And that worldview determined how he responded. What is your worldview telling you in the midst of what you see around you? Are you believing that life will always be this way so you've lost your hope? That your, circum your current circumstances will never end? Another way of saying this is, what are you holding on to? For dear life, what are you remaining in? Are you remaining in the promise that Jesus spoke, that was this the same promise that he spoke to his disciples? That if you remain in me, I will remain in you. And not only will you survive this season, but you will actually bear fruit. Or are you looking at the external things around you? Are you depending on the news reports to give you hope? Are you hoping that some good news will come through the, the media outlets that you follow? Are you trusting in your own rationale to get through? When your worldview is centered on anything other than Jesus, you will end up holding on to the wrong things. Let me jump back in John chapter 15, looking at verse 5. He says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So I have, I have this bamboo plant 
My wife gave this to me, and I, I keep it in my office. And this, this bamboo plant has these branches, these little branches that kind of come off the, the, main, the main part of the plant. And if I was to cut off this, this branch here or this branch and cut it off and then just hold on to it, it would not survive away from the source. It would not survive separated from the rest of the plant. It just wouldn't. It needs to be attached to the main plant here in order to survive. If it's not connected, it will eventually wither and it will eventually die. It will eventually just shrink to nothing. The question is for you is, what are you connected to? Because if you're not connected to the source, being Jesus, you will struggle in this life. You will, you will really struggle. We're all going to wither away and die at some point. But if we remain in Jesus, we are promised eternal life. We stay connected to the source. See, in this season, my challenge for you today is to lean into Jesus, not push away. If you've strayed away, you might think maybe you've gone too far. Maybe you haven't opened your Bible or maybe you haven't prayed or maybe you have had nothing. Maybe this is the first time you've tuned into one of our online services in weeks. I can tell you today, like the tree in our kid's story earlier, when you return to the tree, he's always there. When you return, he's always ready to give you what you need. But the thing that you need the most, you can go off and do whatever you want and have a worldview, whatever you want. But what you need the most in this time is to return to the source, to return to God and just rest in him and remain. Let me wrap up with a few practical ideas and questions that you can ask. In this season, what fruit are you producing? If you're not sure how to answer this, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. Number one, what would your kids, what would your spouse, what would those that are closest to you that see you in your most vulnerable moments, what would they say about your character? Number two, what would your bank account say about your consumerism during this season? Number three, what would your social media feed say about your self-esteem? Are you projecting something that you're not? Or are you projecting fear? Or are you projecting hope? During this season, are you remaining in him? Are you depending on your own strength? Or are you depending on God's strength? Are you searching for hope in the next news report? Or, or the stats that you've dug up to support your point? Or are you trying to convince people to see your point of view? Or are you holding on to dear life to the God of the universe? Allowing him to develop you. To allowing him that no matter what comes your way, I want to produce fruit. Are you remaining in him? Here's a couple thing, practical things for you to do this week. Number one, spend some time with God in prayer and ask him to show you what it means to remain in him. Number two, reach out. Reach out this week and ask people around you that, that, that you trust to, to help you prioritize clinging to God. Pick up the phone, shoot off a text. You can't go to people's houses right now, but there's no reason that you can't stay connected. There's no reason why we can't actually be more connected than we've ever been. Use your relationships in order to further your relationship with God. Number three, make decisions that are life-giving and healthy for your soul during this time. 
Talk with people. Don't shut yourself in. Read God's word. Get outside and go for a walk. Just get some sunshine. Just, just go for a prayer walk. Allow God to speak to you in the beauty of his nature. And at some point, all of this is going to be over. COVID-19 will be in the rearview mirror, and all it's going to be is a story that we will tell. The question is, what story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell others about this time? What story would you be proud to tell? Remain in Jesus and allow Jesus to remain in you. And instead of letting it get the best of you, you can tell a story that how you came through a tough season and because of the tough season, you came out strong. You produced fruit because you chose in the midst of it all to remain in him. Let's pray. Lord, as we don't know what the near future holds and discouragement has this opportunity right now to really set in, I pray that you would put up a wall against that. I pray that you would guard our minds from the discouragement and the, the, the hopelessness that, that can be used against us by the enemy. I pray today, God, that in this, the middle of this time that we would choose to lean closer to you. That we would hold on for dear life, that we would remain in you and seek rest. I pray that you would allow us, you would prune us, that you would allow us to get to a spot where we are now producing more fruit, even though we feel like maybe we should be dormant. God, I pray that we would use this time. I pray this time, this season, that we've, it's been a tough season for many. But I pray, Lord, that we would be able to tell a story that we'd be proud of. We'd be able to look back on these days and say, it was tough and I wouldn't want to go through it again, but this is what God did through me. This is who I became because in the middle of it, I didn't let fear set in, but I, looked, I didn't look around, but I just leaned in and I remained. And when I remained, Jesus remained in me. Amen.